Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Simon Sweetman, and thanks as always to Tea Leaf Tea and Yeasty Boys. This is a conversation with the filmmaker, the documentarian Florian Habicht. I think I'm saying his name close enough uh, to write, Florian Habicht. He is um, a Kiwi filmmaker who has made a bunch of documentaries. Um, and he's lived overseas, and uh, you know, while he was overseas, he made, I guess, probably his biggest international success was the documentary about Pulp, which was an amazing film. And I, I interviewed him around the time of that, um, just over the phone, so we'd never met. And when he came into my house the other week, he was down in Wellington for a a premiere screening of his new movie. Um, you know, he sort of bounded in and said, you know, it's good to see you again. And I said, we've not actually met, but we've spoken on the phone and, you know, we're aware of each other's work. So it was nice to finally meet him and have this conversation in person. We did have a nice interview over the phone all those years ago and I've seen most of his films um, and he's made some great, great movies, uh, great documentaries. He has this ability to make these lovely little small movies or catch these small moments in lives and and make them big by I guess by virtue of putting them on the big screen and the latest example of that is his documentary James and Icy which uh, is in cinemas now and is a beautiful film uh, we talk about this film quite a bit uh, during the conversation so um, I won't say too much in the intro and I'm not spoiling anything here too because the the film is about some of you might have already seen it I would urge those of you who haven't to go to it the film is about um, a woman who uh, in New Zealand who was turning 100 and she lives with her son and her son wanted to um, celebrate her life, have her story out and he wanted to yeah, um, capture all of that on film and that's what happens. So it's in the lead up to her turning 100. Now this film was shot um, before COVID so she, she's now 102. Um, and uh, yeah, so he goes, Florian goes and basically lives with them, hangs out with them, films them. Uh, so we did talk about that a lot, but we also talked about his background, uh, growing up in New Zealand, uh, moving here when he was eight, and um, then going to art school and uh, falling in love with, um, well, first of all, photography and then and then cinema photography, movies and movie making, documentary making. Um, yeah, so this is the conversation, and I love this conversation, and we... Uh, talked for as long as we could he was scheduled in to do a bunch of interviews so I don't know maybe this one's a little bit shorter than some of my episodes of late but it's still a a big serve conversation that isn't just promo for the film Uh, although I was happy for it to be promo for the film because the film is fantastic so this is me and Florian having a chat about all things documentary we haven't met you thought we'd met, yes. but that's because we had an interview. Yeah. And uh, I know what that's and like. maybe because I've read your things. Or yeah, yeah, when, and, and I'm the same. I've seen yeah. your, you're in some of your films, you yeah. know, like, and, yeah. and I've seen you interviewed and so forth. But we had a nice chat about the Pulp documentary, and that was a few years ago. Yeah, that's And right, yeah. you were living overseas then. And you, how long have you been back in New Zealand? Ooh, I think six years. Oh. Yeah. Shortly flies. after that. Shortly, yeah, shortly that's after right. that yeah. film. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I guess we're going to talk about the new film, but I do want to, we might cover some of the other stuff as well. Um, I remember when I interviewed you, you sort of talked about how you went to film school and by kind of fluke, you became a wedding photographer as a money gig. That's right. And then you realised that, uh, um, we talked about that, how that was actually quite good. good memory. Yeah, 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 yeah. How that was quite a good, um, 
you know, that was a help for you were gathering skills to be a documentary filmmaker through yes. being a wedding photographer. You had to have these awkward conversations with people. You had to get them, group them together. You had to be funny and warm and friendly and make an impact. You, you know, <laughs> you were you were capturing people's lives. It was a stressful moment for them, and you were yeah. having to be some sort of calming agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you didn't you didn't so, go and do that as some sort of method acting thing, and you didn't go and do that as it was, it was a gig my dad was, did. Yeah, and and it was a. Um, like a, a great money earner for mm. an artist you work once a week and yeah. you have the rest of the week to do your own yeah. projects yeah and then but you are and, and it is related it is yeah, a related skill totally yeah and yeah. Then it turned out for you that yeah you actually yeah, gathered a whole lot yeah. of extra skills out of it yeah and you get to be a photographer yeah take it's, photos. It's, that's right that's yeah. what I mean it's, it's proper work yes. in line with what you're doing yeah, yeah. and also um for my dad and myself, mm. we're not very technical minded with, when it comes to lighting. Mm-hmm. So we always worked out how to use natural light yeah, really yeah, well for yeah. our wedding photography. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of um, gone into my doco filmmaking. Mm-mm. Yeah. So when do you first... Like right now, your lighting is great. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. And no one, can, and no one can see it. So that's <laughs> fucking perfect. That's yeah, great, yeah. great lighting for audio. Close your eyes and imagine <laughs> Simon by the window. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is this is a good spot because I had to do a. I put a book of poetry out last year, and I had to do a um, YouTube, you know, a, a, do a reading on YouTube and send it to a website. And I sat in this spot and set my camera up mm. in selfie mode. Yeah, nice. And a couple yeah. of people said to me, "Oh, you got really nice lighting." Yeah, so yeah. There totally. you go. Yeah. And now a professional has told me that. So, um, so w- w- when did you first start looking through cameras? If that was something your dad was doing, like, do you remember gravitating to it at, as a kid, in a in a play sense, or? Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't actually remember. Um, I ah, oh, what I do remember. That's right, and and. In Pai here in the 80s, I was probably 10 years old. Um, my parents and my brother, we lived in a motel, we mm. ran a motel. Mm. And there was a guy in town called Tony who loved, he was a friend, and he had a reputation for, he always bought the latest gadgets, technology, mm. Mm. and then after like half a year, he'd sell them on secondhand so he mm. could get mm. the next latest He's thing. He's an early adopter. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, he came up to, once, he might... Um, and he was like, oh, Frank, you've got to see this. I've got the ideal thing for you, Frank. <laughs> and he had a video camera that was as big as, oh, it's like huge. You put it on your shoulders. And he was like, Frank, this is so, you can take it to the beach. It's portable. You can film with it. And look, you only have to put this little thing. And there was like a massive, like a VCR deck with a strap you put around your chest. Mm. Like, and you kind of looked like a character in Ghostbusters. Like it was so mm, yeah, huge yeah, and heavy. Yeah, yeah. And Tony's like, Frank, you know, this is <laughs> so small. You can walk to the beach and film the kids on the beach. Mm. And then my dad was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. It's like a portable <laughs> camera. Let's buy it. And then we bought this camera. Wow. And it was huge. Yeah. Like wow. heavy. And um, and yeah, and that was quite. That's amazing. That's that's quite a cool formative yeah. thing to think back on, isn't it? Like yeah. of just how, and now you would go out and shoot some footage with your phone. Uh, yeah, and be totally. Happy. And most people would too, and be happy enough with that. Oh, yeah, it'd be much better quality than that's that. That's right. Thing. As the last yeah. document. Yeah. yeah. And how quickly that has actually changed. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, look, where did you come into this world? Where were you born, and what were you doing early, early on? What I was what conceived com- in Berlin. I, mm. I almost was conceived in New York, mm. and but um, <laughs> yeah, not quite. Mm. And um, yeah, there's. 
in Auckland um, on the wall is a framed photograph of taken in the 60s by my father, mm. photographer, um, of Jane London. It's a black and white photo and she's standing naked on my dad's rooftop um, in London. It's taken mm. in 19... I don't know, maybe 1968 or something. Mm. Mm. And anyway, I, I like looking at this photograph because I thank the, the model, I thank Jane, mm. because if it wasn't for her... <laughs> My dad took these photos of her. He was friends with her and her boyfriend. Mm. And when the boyfriend saw the nude photographs of Jane, <laughs> he got extremely jealous and cancelled the New Year's party that was planned for a few weeks for New Year's night. Right. He just, he was yeah. no more party. Yeah. You know, this is that really. So then my dad was, I was like, oh, what am I going to do for <laughs> New Year's? And then there was another party he heard about that. He wasn't that keen to go that. He had nothing better, yeah. so he went to this other party, and that's where he met my mum. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I so I, think, <laughs> so so I look got, at this photo. And you've got the the photographic yeah. evidence, yeah. Or proof, yeah, of how things came to yeah. be. Yeah. So that's kind of the beginning. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and so and and so you grew up in New Zealand. Yeah, moved to New Zealand when I was eight. Yeah. I can remember the mailman. My parents really wanted to immigrate to New Zealand. First time they were declined. Why? Why did they? Oh, not why did they decline? Why did they want to? Um, Berlin was. There were heaps of protests mm -hmm. at the time, like almost every weekend for a while. About the fears of like nuclear stuff, mm. and Chernobyl disaster happened a few months after we moved, right? And that right. affected the whole of Europe. Like yeah, if it, yeah. if you're caught in the rain, we had friends who yes. had a shower for six hours. The whole family in the shower for six hours to get rid of the right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah radioactivity and mm. yeah like at that time it wasn't a, a good place to be and they just wanted to move as far away as possible mm. Mm. um yeah and i remember that the when we knew we'd finally got the residence because uh, they said no because a photographer wasn't considered a real profession but then my parents had an idea to build a motel in in tourist town pie here mm. and then i remember the mailman coming knocking on the door my dad and i in the pension and Berlin opened the door and we knew what the mailman was like delivering and then we opened up the package and there were our passports with the stamp from New Zealand immigration you know our mm -mm. permanent residency and my dad was going woo yoo-hoi yoo-hoi <laughs> and I just knew um, we're moving to wow. this faraway yeah, place yeah. I didn't, yeah. Yeah, couldn't really make anything of it as a kid yeah, yeah but yeah. I do remember that feeling wow yeah wow and so what were you first interested in doing when you were well, I guess what I guess you know. There's you've got two childhoods because you've got your pre New Zealand childhood. Yes. And then things start over, and you're kind of learning. Yeah. To be, to be. Here. I remember building spaceships out of cardboard boxes and mm. sitting them with my brother, mm. and really thinking we're going to take off and fly, but <laughs> that never happened. <laughs> you mean that kind of stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Like, yeah. and so, and then what do, what do you, you know, when do you get some sense of what you want to go and do from there? Like, you know? Um, I re oh, my, there was a kid in class, like when I was super, super young, and he could draw Knight Rider, Kit the car. Mm. He could draw yeah, Kit yeah, in yeah. 3D. Wow. And I was really envious. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was like, oh, how does he 3D? Yeah, kit? yeah. I, wow. could never, I could never work that stuff Yeah. Out. I just had two wheels yeah. and, you know, just a flat, yeah, right. flat drawing. Yeah, was yeah. Nicholas Always looked like a shoe. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A shoe with wheels. Well, is it Nicholas Travis? And then I asked him, I said, Nick, 
could you please teach me how to mm. do it in 3D? And he was like, no, just try it yourself. Yeah. I'm not going to show you. Yeah. And then I pulled it off and I, I, and I learned the trick how to draw in 3D kitsch. Mm, mm. And that was like my first, I remember, artistic kind of thing. I was like, wow, I can do it. Mm. And then I really got into drawing mm. and I just did everything in 3D. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. The latest track, you yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you want to do with that? Like, do you want to be? Is that what you you know? Do you want to be an artist? Do you think? Yeah, then I, the then I really wanted be? to be a, a paint. Got yeah. into painting, mm. um, and I went to Kirikiri High School, and I loved painting, but half the time I was real crap at it, and I really had to concentrate hard. And we had such talented artists at Kirikiri High School mm. there were guys that could paint so beautifully mm. so well and I just thought oh I'm never going to paint like that I've got to think of something else and then I had this idea um, my art's not going to be about the technique like the beautiful painting style mm. but it's going to be more about ideas like so I did things um, I, I got I don't know I was quite young but I discovered that um, the playwrights like John Janay and Samuel Beckett, like the absurdist kind of theatre. Mm -hmm. And I loved their ideas behind... I didn't even see their plays in real life, but I just yeah, read yeah. about their Re thinking. Yeah. yeah, And then I made art as like as a teenager with those kind of ideas. I love that, though. That can be real. I quite often think about how I've got some some of my favourite authors yeah. are people who have never actually read their books. Yeah, yeah, cool. You know? Yeah, I've just, yeah, yeah. I just know that I'm probably going to like what they're about. Yeah. And I've taken on board some of what they... Amazing. Yeah, it was like... Yeah, yeah. so I yeah. understand that. And I think it's even the same with some filmmakers where you read, you know, it used to be. Yeah. Um, nowadays, you're more confronted with the work straight away, I think, or it's easier to find. But it yes. used to be that you, and definitely with musicians, you read about these people. You yeah. know, I remember reading about Charles Bukowski for a long time before I accessed uh, cool. any of his work. Yeah. So I went and bought this big. Yeah, I loved him. When yeah, I, was young, yeah. I mean, he's a bit of a rite of passage, I think. Yeah. You know, so I went and bought this big compilation reader, Run with the Hunter. Interesting. And, yeah. And so you, yeah. Soaked up. It was like getting a greatest hits album. Yeah. And then I went off and bought the, you know, whatever I could find. Okay. Yeah. But I was, I'd almost like, I'd read enough about what he was about and I'd read one poem. And this yeah. one poem went made me go, I want to read that guy's stuff. But for a while, I thought he was my favourite writer and I really only had one poem. That's all I knew. Yeah. So I understand yeah, well, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think yeah that, awesome. I think yeah. that can be quite cool. Like, Yeah, can, totally. And yeah. But often with those sorts of influences, you move through them. Yeah. You know, I yeah. feel like I've gone yeah, of course. through totally. the Bukowski yeah. years and influence Definitely. and it's finished. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas other people who's you discover the work first mm. that somehow is more lasting. Yeah. I that with Freddie Mercury. I discovered yeah. the music when I, as a kid, I mm. heard Bohemian Rhapsody on my Walkman on a tape and mm. it just blew my mind. Mm. Like just, I, I was just like, Oh yeah. my God. What my kid, I... my kid loves Queen. Yeah. You know, and I was thinking it's put, put, brought me back to when I was his age and I loved Queen. Yes. Yeah. And I think I've worked out what it is. I think cause, cause I'm not a massive Queen fan anymore, yeah. but I understand what it is that's great about them. And I actually think that what, what it is, is you can make out everything that's happening in their songs. All of the instruments are, are separate. You, you right, can tell yeah. when the piano's playing. You can tell yeah. that it's a guitar. Yeah. And you can't always do that with music as uh, a kid. Interesting, yeah. Lots of things yeah. lead together. But with Queen, it's almost like 
this yeah. orchestrated symphonic version of rock music or pop music where yeah. you can spot every single thing that's and even the changes are big and dramatic and telegraphed yeah so uh, yeah. we're about we're you know it's like jazz hands in the air we're going to a chorus mm. you know and so i think as a kid it it's like it leads you along nicely yeah yeah, yeah i had this thing i was like as a kid and like theming rhapsody how can a song move me and affect me so much and yet I don't actually understand What's it. What's it about? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Freddie Mercury's talking about killing someone. Yes. And like, I don't believe that. How does it, how can I feel, feel so much? But then, um, like, only recently I realized that songs about Freddie Mercury, he wrote it when he was, um, when he decided he's going to come out mm. and tell the world he's gay. Mm. And to him it was like killing off his old yeah, self. Yeah, like and an alter ego. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Previ- previous life. Yeah, yeah, yeah and then yeah. he's going to go to court because people are going to judge him. People, you know, da-da-da. And then I was like, fuck, that's why um, <laughs> that's no, why the swear. song this is... This isn't Kim Hill. You can swear here and get away with it. I mean, you well, you got yeah. away with it with Kim Hill. But not many do. <laughs> but anyway, that, that's why that song has got so much truth and feeling. Yeah. And you just feel it. You just feel feel it you know you don't have to understand it no i don't totally and it's like i was listening to this podcast i can't remember what it's called but there's a podcast <laughs> there are several that do this but there's this one that um pulls apart popular songs and explains every part of them and an episode came up about bohemian rhapsody right. i was listening to it when i was driving back on a trip recently and it was like on that level hearing the individual parts of it and, and the construction of the song it was like I was eight years old again, hearing it for the first time yeah. and going, you know, this is, yeah. you know, as overplayed as it might be, yeah. this is one of those mercurial songs where yeah. you're just like, you know, what the fuck is happening here? How has this been created? You yeah. know, and it, it does have a magic about it still that it's, um, what's the word? It's like the big show pop song. To totally. It's like such a main event. And it's so good for karaoke because when your money's <laughs> almost run out on the timer and it says one minute left, you put on Car- uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and you, got and you get minutes. seven minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like... But it's, it, it is interesting, that stuff. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I guess I, I, my mind moves through all that stuff now and I think about, you know, what is important about this stuff and what was it that was important about it? And you can... It's been helpful for me having... A, a child going through that stuff in, yeah. in the sense that yeah. you start to think about what you were like at that yeah. age and, and, yeah. and obviously put some things onto them, you know, like yeah. def- definitely I have promoted certain types of music to my son. I want him to hear that, but I also want him to make his choice around, you know, what he's into. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So film school happens how and why? Um, I actually went to art school, Elam okay. School of Fine Arts. Yeah. And I thought I was going to be a photographer. That was like my plan. Mm. My dad had taught me how to take photos. Don't never crop hands, Florian. <laughs> and like he gave mm. me all his kind of tips. tips. Um, and But then I found myself at Elam. <laughs> um, uh, I won't say that story, but um, I was just, I was drawing on photos and arranging them in a narrative sequence and I was painting on You're photographs. storyboarding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was kind of like, um, it, w- it wasn't enough for me, the medium. I needed mm. to do other stuff with it. And then my tutors were like, Florian, why don't you do um, Intermedia, which is like the film department. It's yeah, yeah. film, performance, sound, and video. And I was just like, oh yeah, okay. I didn't really think too much about it. 
but then when I specialized because after your first year you specialize for the next three years yeah. and um and then I started making things and um it was it was really cool the way they introduced us to film it was a real gradual like it wasn't like what you learn at film school they show you how to make films mm. but at Elam it was the first project we were given was you take 12 photographs on slide film on slides and then you present them um, mm. to everyone mm. like we had like a, a showing um, with a soundtrack and you can do whatever you want mm. and you just take 12 photos you can't take any more mm. and then you project the slides so my idea I was going to go what do I do what do I do I have no idea what I'm going to do so um, then I went for a walk up Simon Street at night in Auckland with the camera and I was just walking around trying to think what can I find for my photos and then there was a restaurant and they had like um, they had it was like a big dinner party in this restaurant and there was a belly dancer and there was a bit of live music mm. and it, maybe I can't remember it was a, a wedding party or I don't know but people were celebrating so I'm um, Middle Eastern so I mm. went in with mm. my camera and I just started taking photos mm. of the of these people I didn't know and I just sort of like gate crashed their party <laughs> took the photos um, I can't remember if I talked them or not I'm sure I did <laughs> mm. and then I then I went and got the film processed mm. and then I had these 12 photos of these people and then I was I was living in a, a university hostel international house and they had real telephones back in those days and then I was thinking for the soundtrack I had no idea what I'm going to do so I just um, I, I had a, a, a tape recorder from Elam I pushed record and then I dialed a random number just made mm. up a number oh nine blah blah mm. And then I just got a random person and I said, oh, hi, um, I've got these photographs of these of this ballet dancer and there's these men and they're like trying to dance with her and there's food on the table and I'm trying to I'll work out what, what to have for my soundtrack. And then there's random people, but, oh, like some people would just riff off and just give me ideas yeah. or other people like, oh, sorry, um, don't ever call here again, <laughs> yeah, 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 you know? Yeah. Like I just got all these different responses <laughs> and then I edited them together and put on Arabian music. With that. With, yeah, with those. And that was my, like, my, wow. and that was my thing. And yeah. it was, you know, it was very entertaining and it yeah, was very yeah. unusual yeah. asking these random. Yeah. And, and the rest of the, there were probably eight of us in that year and we all did different, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so that was like the first kind of narrative project, project you did. And then the next exercise was, okay, you're going to shoot a film on video, but you have to edit it in camera. Mm. You can't edit it afterwards. So this, so this kind of required a bit of planning, and um, and my film was basically um, about a couple doing the dishes that don't talk to each other. So it was like a relationship thing, mm. and I pretty much just filmed them doing the dishes, mm. and that was it. Mm. And I edited it in camera, and then played it, and it was actually quite a beautiful film. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, and then so it was that was yeah, and and anyway, the the whole process of um, we all four times a year would have this thing called live at Elam, where you invite all your friends into the Elam Lecture Theatre, and it was probably about sixty people, but at the time to me it felt like huge, mm. and we all watch each other's films or performances. There was a guy called Garrick Rigby, and he would do performances like he'd set up a camera on the at the front on the stage and the camera would be filming the audience and the audience would be watching themselves on a screen and that was it yeah yeah you know it was like kind of really, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah 
cool, uh, school stuff. <laughs> and so when do you think, like, well, I'm going to make a feature film? What's the lead so to quite, that? Yeah, so quite almost the next year, Yeah. I, I said to myself, I'm going to do a feature film. And there were people already at Elam like other students, older students, who said to me, you can't do that, Florian. Yeah. You can't do that. You, you have can't to make, make X amount of short films first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah even you have to go and work in TV. Yeah. You have to, yeah, whatever the other usual yeah. route is. Yeah, even funny enough, one of those students who was saying that to me is one of the main tutors at Elam that yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. But they were like, no, you can't do that. And I was like, no, yes, I can. And I made a film called Strange Man Celebrations. And I was very lonely at the time. And I was... I guess I was dreaming about relationships and things. And, and anyway, I, I shot a feature called Strange Man Celebrations. It was about a guy who works... Back then, the movie cinemas had um, people selling popcorn. And mm. those sort of... They walk around with a box strapped to them with all the popcorn in them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was about a guy who's... He starts off that, that doing his job. Yeah. And then he just, after work, goes on this epic long journey and ends up on a West Coast beach. And there he meets a woman in a wedding dress, and they, they kind of fall in love. But she has a boyfriend. It was kind of so. When did whenabouts is this? What sort of nineteen ninety six? Wow. And then about fifteen years later, you basically remake that film as love story. In a way, I'm just. That was more. <laughs> that was another one. Yeah, yeah. yeah but you know what I mean? This yeah, is a similar yeah, theme. Similar isn't it? theme. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. How interesting. Mm. True. Mm. Yeah, because I did a, I did a short film with Elam, which was a woman with a piece of cake. Yeah. Um, that's that's another story. Some friends of mine were at Cafe Cezanne in Ponsonby, mm. and um, we were playing that sublime corpse game where you, with words. So we, mm. one person writes a sentence, just observing life or yeah. fantasy, and, it, and then pass it around. Mm. And we played this game, and when I was writing, often I was observing the waitress, um, Amelia, who was quite striking, mm. I didn't know. Mm. I'd write things like, if fate prevails, I will marry the waitress in an Asian supermarket. Or if, mm. And my friend Chris would write, my shoelaces are un un untied, but it disturbs me, but I'm happy because I'm <laughs> surrounded by people. Um, as, as, I don't know, but anyway, mm. we, um, we played this sublime corpse game, and at the end it was this very um, kind of surreal <laughs> monologue. Mm. And then I was like, oh, this would be great for a film. And then I asked the waitress who was actually there if she'd like to be in a film and she said yes <laughs> and then I asked my friend Chris who was doing the writing if he would be in the film and he said yes and then I put him um, up on Mount Wellington it was an empty field uh, and he was sitting at a just a lone cafe table mm. and um, we had the sounds of a busy cafe but it was just him by himself with this waitress walking around with a piece of cake mm. and then he orders a piece of cake Sorry, he orders a piece of cake, but the waitress disappears. And the waitress goes on this epic journey with, his, with this piece of cake mm. through Auckland, through K Road, and she does all these <laughs> things. And the film's about him dreaming about what's happening with his cake and the waitress's journey. Yeah, yeah. And that, that short film, In Between Moments, inspired love story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, what I love about this is, and I mean, I guess this is always the way, but I'm, as you're saying this, yeah, I'm spotting ideas that pop up in your other films and, and recurring motifs but none of it tells me or anyone listening that you are going to go on to make a documentary about the band Pulp and no. consider someone like Jarvis Cocker a friend Yeah, that just seems impossible right? 
And the, yeah, and the weird, <laughs> the, the only weird thing is I was such a big fan. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I still am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's often, it's the death of fandom is meeting the person. Yeah. But in that sometimes it can, yeah. can cross over and go to that next level when a friendship can happen. But usually it's not wise. I had such a weird thing when I saw Pulp in New York once and I took my friend Cam, mm. Cam Valentine, we went together and um, I think it was one of my favourite songs, Underwear. I ran up closer to the front of the concert and I just pulled out my phone and did a little video mm. and lots of people were filming but Jarvis went right towards me and mm. like did a little like move in front of my phone yeah. and I actually got so kind of like nervous <laughs> yeah. out that um, I swung my phone away and I ruined the shot. <laughs> and, but which, which goes against your every instinct as yeah, a photographer and a filmmaker right, totally. that ordinarily you would get yeah, that right but that right. speaks to the fandom yeah, at the moment yeah, doesn't it yeah like, yeah but little did i know that he got too close to me i would actually yeah. be making you know a film like yeah a few years later. well the definitive film on pulp isn't it yeah i mean there's not going to be another one no no yeah so that's special yeah like totally. that's you know and what you i mean i remember talking to you about this because we yeah, that's when we interviewed um that's when we talked to was about the pop film, which, you know, screened all over the world at many festivals and Jarvis popped in and did yeah. Skype calls and all yeah. sorts of things. But that's as big as you got in terms yes. of that being a De- massive film yeah. about a massive subject. But it's also, I was thinking when you were coming around, I was thinking, you make these very small films about small lives, particularly the latest one. And if you're going to link them, actually as big as the pulp film is, and it's about this tremendous thing the final performance you also it's also a a very small film about small people's lives and in Sheffield and even Jarvis's life when he's not being inverted commas Jarvis Cocker you know when he's just his his little life strolling around the street when he's trying to shrug off yeah oh you're actually a pop star yeah yeah, trying to do that yeah Mm. and I wonder like what is it about you that has looked for that in the films that you choose, the films that you make. I mean, they're I, your films. I'm you just, don't sign on to... I'm just... As a person, I'm just like that. Like, mm. the first time I went to the Cannes Film Festival, um, the first week, I made friends with all the homeless people in Cannes. You know, not the celebrities. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I realised, wow, there's... Everyone is in Cannes. Like, it's all, the homeless people come from Eastern Europe and they all head to this festival, you know, because it's, it's like their own thing. And... and um, I don't know, I guess, I'm, and my dad has it too, we're kind mm. of like street level. Mm. Like we, we mm. relate to the people like that. Mm. I mean, mm. uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, I remember, I remember actively disliking Love Story when I first saw yes, it. Yes, yeah. And then I, it made sense to me when I saw more, you know, I'd seen Kaikaui yeah. Demolition, but, yeah. when I, but I'd, I'd watched that just as a, a documentary that had yeah. they, there was no reason for me to know anything about you as the filmmaker when I first saw that, but then when this body of work was yes. there and yeah. I went back and watched it, I understood you know I understood it, yeah, and I really like the film now. But the first time I, uh-huh. I think yeah. I was confronted with this whole idea of oh you ran out of material so you turn the camera on yourself, yeah right, and it bugged me when I first saw it. But that's a good response to have, yeah. You know, because it bugged me on a level where it's like, well, I, I, I want to understand that. So I watched it again. Yeah. Yeah, it was a psychic who, when I arrived in New York, mm. and without knowing me or anything, she said, 
you're good in front of the camera, but stay behind the camera. Don't ever go in front of the camera. So you wanted to test that. Yeah, well, yeah. It's like, no way. <laughs> so tell me about um, how, I mean, we're jumping around here, but I like that. I feel yeah. like you don't mind that it's either. Quite nice, yeah, yeah, rather than just doing the boring sort yeah. of timeline thing. Um, but tell me about how the new film came about because you kind of swore off making documentaries. Not was, not a, not you know you didn't sign off completely, but you when I, I last talked to you, myself, you were going to make a feature film, yeah, a fictional feature film. And I put a lot of time and love into two scripts. Mm. It's probably been like eight years or something, mm. and. And and I've been struggling financially, like the thinking, ah, oh, that the documentary filmmaking, and that's not, you know, mm. I, I work so damn hard, mm. and and yet I'm, you know, I'm struggling. Like at the time, I didn't even own a car, mm. like uh, own a camera. <laughs> but anyway, so that's when I decided, okay, um, I'm I'm not having any luck getting my scripts funded right now. I've got to do something else. So I'm going to um, join a friend's company and make TV commercials, which I was, which I was trying to avoid, which I guess is a bit of a, yeah. everyone has to work, you know, and I was, I was just... But it's like being the wedding photographer. It's yeah, like, that's there's right. no shame in it at all, yeah. but I understand it's completely I think it's because, unglamorous. Yeah. Or it's, or it's because it's advertising is to do with yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the ultimate... And for me, money is not a good yeah, yeah. energy, yeah. like... Like making an ad, like I've, I've tried to, I've once pitched for an ASB ad, which I didn't get, mm. but I mean, I just think for your soul, I don't think that's a, mm. a good thing to do. So Well, it's, it's, it's the opposite of almost any other version of holding a camera, isn't it? Like yeah. It, it's, it's, a, there are many examples of filmmaking where it has been about trying to make money. Yeah. But in advertising, that's all it is. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so immediate. Yeah. That is the goal. And if you and there are some really impactful and artful ad, adverts, but yep. that's a bonus or a byproduct. Yeah. It's not the yeah. immediate goal. And yeah. I think because I, be, I guess I'm lucky and I've come from a an upbringing where we could afford things and, you mm. know, had money. So I've never in my whole life had an ambition to make money. Mm. It was always just to make art, no matter what the cost. And, and Which then, is the perfect way into an artistic life until yeah. until the wheels fall off and yeah, you absolutely exactly. need yeah, that's money right. because that's you've right. got no skills to... <laughs> yeah. In a way, you've got yeah, very little skills to go out and monetize yourself straight away yeah. without going, right, I'm now i got to actually do the thing I've avoided my whole time. Yeah. The grown-up job. Yeah, that's or right. The, or the yeah. sell-your-soul job. Yeah. 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 So that's where you found yourself. Yeah, and then luckily my first TV commercials were NZTA mm. car safety, car safety rating. So that's putting some good energy out into good the world. Good energy. You're doing something helpful. Got given amazing concepts mm. um, and pulled them off using real people, mm. not actors. Yeah. And they're like, I don't know if you've seen them, those ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no yeah. more chatterbox. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're, that's what I say, like they're interesting yeah. ideas, but they're also, at the end of the day, this is um, not about making money. This is about raising awareness and saving lives and, yeah. and, and doing good things and education. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, and, yeah and, and then um, the ne- one of the next ones I got was an Instant Kiwi campaign where they wanted real people who play Instant Kiwis um, telling their stories. Mm. And that's how I um, met James and Izzy. I got this postcard. 
and I got this postcard and um, I said, yeah, hey, um, my mum and I play Instant Scratch Kiwi and we'd love to be in your ad and if you cast us, my mum promises to make some of her world famous apple crumble. Mm. And I was like, yeah, these guys are amazing. Oh, yeah, and he goes, my mum is turning up, by the way, my mum is turning 100 in a few weeks. So this is this is a thing in your brain. This is like you going, ah, oh, I want to hang out with the homeless people, not the celebrities. This is you going, this is the interesting story. You know, I'm sure there were other ones, but like you read this and you go, Damn. yeah, just that his mum's turning a hundred. Yeah, you just you just see and Kawakawa is, is a beautiful, yeah, colourful town. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so you just see it and go, bang, I'm interested in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was hard not to with that. Yeah. That, that yeah, I think everyone was like, "Wow!" I was like, "I was like, we don't we don't have to audition them. Let's just give them the ad." And then my producer's like, "No, no, we ever we have to audition them to show the client." Yeah, yeah, you know, and, yeah. Um, and and James, he is very spiritual, and he had, yeah, he's an interesting guy, isn't he? Oh yeah, he would asked mm-hmm. the universe. Um, he's asked the universe for someone to find someone to film his mum's birthday party. Yeah. And um, and when I met them, we instantly liked each other. And um, in James's mind, I was already making a movie about mm, them. Mm. Like, he asked me if I wanted to film the birthday party. He'd asked a couple of people already, and they were too expensive. And, and then I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it for free. But I did promise myself I'm not going to make a film. I've mm. got to get my dramas made. Yeah, and make yeah. a few more ads. <laughs> so what changes? Insomnia. Yeah. I, w- I was traveling throughout the rest of the country shooting these instant kiwi ads. Yeah. And this is all pre-lockdown, by the way. This is yes. Yeah, yeah. This year is before the year before lockdown. Then. Yeah. Um, and staying in so hotels. So everyone's free to travel and and work and yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just want to put that out there. Yeah. And yeah, and then I'd find myself waking up at two, three in the morning mm. with just this kind of feeling like my body saying I just knew that there's an incredible film there Mm. but I told myself no I'm not going to do that and I'm not going to lead James or Izzy on say I might do it or da 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 but anyway um, every night I would just yeah really not sleep well because I was like excited Mm. I I mean I knew I had to do it and then um, from all my insomnia I got a really bad flu got really sick and then I was like, oh, fuck it, I'm going to shoot this film. Yes. <laughs> Booked my bus ticket up north as soon as, like, the timing was, yeah, it was just perfect. As soon as we finished the edit for Instant Kiwi, I caught a bus yeah. to their house, stayed yeah. the night on that couch that yeah, you see yeah, in the yeah, film, and, yeah. um, and started making the movie. Wow. Because I watched the film, and I loved it, but I, I was filled with, you know, immediate thoughts around it. Like, as I say, it's a beautiful small film. Yeah. Not a whole lot happens, but everything yeah. happens because yeah. it's just straight on observation of this life and this life is these two people and it's essentially a romantic relationship, but it's not. Yeah. It's it's a yeah, mother and son, but yeah. they are in each other's lives the way a couple, yes. they are a couple. Yeah. They're just not a romantic couple. Yeah. They are the ultimate, they're a duo. They're the yeah. ultimate example too of what's, you know, they've become friends but what's connected them is the bond of family. Yeah. And the the loyalty and the obligation is how it starts out, really. But then it becomes so much more than that. It yeah. just becomes this spiritual bond and friendship. 
but it's a, so that's a lot that's actually a lot but when you're watching it it's a tiny little film about what you might think are quite small lives but what about the game fishing oh yeah yeah that's yeah big. yeah no 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 i know and that's the thing and you i mean you're you're so good at um you know spotting beautiful shots making yeah. shots look beautiful but yeah. also spotting the things to you know and that's throughout your work isn't it like you you know who would have made a film like Kokoe Demolition? Who would have thought that that's going to look wonderful on camera? But mm-hmm. it does, yeah. you know, and it just, New Zealand and a part of New Zealand that some people don't know about, that some people think they might cringe about and that some people just have no interest in, it sparkles. So that's that's what you bring to it. Yeah. But what they bring to it is themselves and they happen to be more interesting than any character you can make up. Totally. Yeah. So what I was thinking when I say totally. I was when I say yeah. I was filled with thoughts, I thought, and you've sort of just described it there. It's interesting that you were as bitten by the bug and the idea of it as James was. Yeah. Because I was thinking he would be the sort of person that. I mean, you said in his mind you were already making a film. You wouldn't want to lead him on no. with the idea that, and then let him down. That wouldn't work. Yeah, that's right. So you have to, once you decide, you're all in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. totally. You and said, I wonder yeah. what the communication was like between you and him. Like, did he bug you a lot about it? and Or was it just actually no? Well, he actually introduced, bef- he introduced me to a few friends of his and said, this is Florian who's making a film about mum and I. Mm. Um, and we hadn't... Agreed. No. Yeah, yeah. So then I had to say, "Hey, James," and you know, this and is then, not this is not how you introduce me. Yeah, yeah. So it was just that. I mean, yeah, and and I mean, he was right, and he knew it. And yeah, that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, he was yeah. so right, and I was the one who had to catch up. And in my heart, I knew as well. Got to make again, this film. But, but again, this, see, this is just like the psychic in New York yeah. telling you what's <laughs> you know telling yeah. you what's going to happen and what should and shouldn't you happen. That's right. And yeah. you testing it out. Yeah. yeah. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, here it is again. Yeah. Um. And you couldn't make up the 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 sets in the documentary are not sets. Incredible, eh? But you couldn't make them up. Like no. a set designer couldn't do a better it's, job. It's all James. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's a visionary set designer. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Without knowing it. Or, or he knows he it. He knows it. Yep. Yeah, he yeah, knows yeah. it. He puts, yeah, he puts a lot of time in and, one thing that got me was I thought like the Maori carvings in their home. I thought they're from their from their family, you know that. Mm. And and then I learned no no he he buys them off trade me, you know. But it's like he's reclaiming his yeah, yeah, his yeah, culture yeah, 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 and his yeah. you know his yeah. roots and yeah um yeah on a yeah. lot of levels and I yeah, I found that beautiful yeah. yeah. How I mean when you spend a lot of time interviewing someone um, as some journalists do with a subject and certainly filmmakers do um, how do you walk away from that and leave them be? Oh you don't you, they're in your life they're in your life yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I've been I mean for two years I have a corridor with James on the phone now it's more often but yeah. every week for over an hour yeah and it's because we're in our lives and we mm. so we communicate everything properly you know we're partners yeah. in making the film yeah. it's our baby yeah with Izzy yeah. yeah. she's always in the background James always has a phone on speakerphone yeah so she's involved yeah but um well what a, what I mean we've been talking about James but that's because I understood it that he kind of 
was proactive in making the whole thing happen, really, and, yeah. and bringing you to him. But what about her? She's a force. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, she is the force of the film. Yes. Yeah, totally. Actually. No, she's... She's the only person in my... Well, as a, as a performer, she's the only person I've ever filmed who is 0% aware of the camera. Yes. Like... Because he's very, you know, he, as you say, his whole life, yeah, he's, he's been prof- rehearsing for this film yeah. for many years. Yeah. And, and visualising it and set designing and... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But she's like, nah, it's just, this is my unfiltered approach to life. Yeah, she's just, yeah. And you just happen to catch it because you just happen to be there. And the mate, what I found amazing, and it's probably what some people will find, not will find hard about the film, is Izzy lives in the now. Mm. and a little bit in the future James mm. sort of pushes her to live in the future but not the slightest in the past yeah and Izzy made it really clear from the beginning she doesn't want to talk about the past yeah you know she's in the moment yeah and that's what for me made it quite a, a very spiritual experience shooting the film yes because it yeah, was all yeah. about the now and yes because when you think you're going to watch a film about a hundred year old person you're going to learn about you know the last yeah, penny farthings and whatever yeah. or whatever but i like the way you set that up at, at the, the start of the film yeah. with that little that was of, that was jarvis's idea right yeah, right he, yeah i heard you mention that he had some idea and yeah, that was one of them yeah literally wow. took it yeah wow that's great because that was so cool i thought i'm so i love i love the way that set it up yeah you know yeah cool just it awesome. just gave you that content like you already knew you're watching yeah. the film you know what it's about but it just gives you this well it's what we were talking about you know how you spend time thinking about what the fuck even is bohemian rhapsody you yeah. know you want to yeah, think yeah. about it. so so otherwise i would have been watching the film going why isn't this being referenced yes. why isn't this and so yeah. you address that yeah, you know, the, yeah. here's the reminder. This is what this woman has lived through. Yeah, just because we're yeah. not going to talk about two it. two pandemics. Yeah, just because we're not going to talk about it yeah. directly doesn't mean it hasn't happened. Yeah, and I want you to be aware of it. Yeah, so yeah. you oh, do awesome. that. Cool. You do that in a nice sort of snapshot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and is James? I mean, is he sort of working on and anticipating the sequel? He he has text. <laughs> he, he, ha- he has. That was the other thing I thought. As soon as I, as soon as the credit, well, I was thinking it during it, and then when the credits rolled on the screener link I had, I thought, he has. You know, the, this film's just this film's just not ending for him. Yeah. You know? Um, the the hardest. Yeah, James always wanted the film to be longer. That was the hardest right. part about the edit. The, he loved the film. Yeah. From the first time he saw it, he loved it. Yeah. He had some really good ideas for how to improve. Yeah. little things but the main thing that was hard is he wanted it to be much longer right and I was sort of had to sell to him less is more yeah, you yeah, want people yeah. wanting more at the end yeah, you want yeah, people yeah. To, to feel like they want to watch the film again yeah and not like they've they've had enough and they're going to yeah. be late for their next appointment yes. or I mean it could code. have been it could have been I love that it's a film and I love the length of it and everything about it I really love but it could, and another person's Treatment. It could have been a little TV series. Oh yeah, true. Couldn't it? Yeah. Like, and that might have. I, I thought you were going to say a Broadway musical. No, well, well, I know that's <laughs> another thing James would have loved, and he would have written it. Yeah. You know, written those parts because he's quite a singer. Yeah, amazing singer. Yeah. Super. Yeah. Because I mean, there could be a temptation to do a sequel on him. Oh, totally. You I, know, to just follow him because. Yeah. I mean, uh, I I would love it if his singing career took off now because mm. he's such a great performer. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, do you think he's I'm, thinking about that, like getting an agent? <laughs> I, I think James wants to make another film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, fascinating. Yeah, just a just an absolutely fascinating character. 
Um, and so the film is really in its earliest days in terms of people seeing it. Yes, yeah. Um, but it's getting the proper, it's a proper film and in that it's in the cinemas. Yes, which is incredible when you yeah. make something so small and yes. it and then all of a sudden it's... And I keep calling it a small film and I mean that as a compliment, but it's yeah, a small, it is a small I know film, you know what definitely. I mean, but it's a small film yeah. too in terms of like, who's at the house making the film? You. Who else is there? You know, it's a small crew. Yeah, so after, once we had the the film, um, like a rough cut, a good rough cut, we brought, brought lots of amazing yeah. talented friends yeah, yeah, on yeah. board to, yeah. you know... Oh no, it's a small film with but, big credits. Yeah, big credits, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's a small, so you're, you're, you know, you're quite exposed and vulnerable in the process as a filmmaker because, you know, what if it goes wrong? That's why, that's why I didn't tell anyone I was yeah, making it. Yeah. Just so you make the thing No itself. pressure. Yeah. I'll just, if it doesn't work out. It's a failed experiment. Yeah. Yeah. And we just, we just to. shake our hands and if we don't even shake hands. No one's going to know. Yeah. So. We just bury the footage and yeah. come to some agreement. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. that was because I had a previous. You'd probably give the, uh footage to him to just watch yeah that's probably totally. probably how that would have yeah, panned out totally yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 so have you had that sort of thing in the past i you probably know? don't want to talk about yeah, it yeah, it's yeah. traumatic yeah. but i i have had a film recently where i decided to self-fund it used all my girlfriend and i's savings put it all into this film because i thought we could pull it off with a small crew mm. and small relatively small cast and it was an experience where everything you could possibly dream of going wrong went so so wrong and okay. if just one of us had decided to film and document yeah. the experience oh like terry gilliam it would the, be the yeah, thing. it would yeah. be like some cult film yeah like, yeah yeah but anyway um so it was or, was, or Werner Herzog's Fitzcarraldo thing. Isn't it amazing yeah, the number of totally, films there are where yeah. the making of, and even that yeah. one, um, Hearts of Darkness, about yeah. Apocalypse Now, you could, as, as important as Apocalypse Now is, you could argue that Hearts of Darkness is the better film, the ma- which is, you know, the making of. Yeah, 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 it's, true, true. Because yeah, yeah, it's I, such a fraud. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. Yeah, 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 amazing. So, yeah, I mean, you seem to fall into making documentaries... I remember when I talked to you about the pulp film, you you know, you know weren't a big music doco guy. You obviously immersed yourself in them because you're suddenly going to make one. And you managed to, as I say, make a film about pulp, but it's also about the fans, the yeah, people. Sheffield. That, the Sheffield, the town. That's right. And that's funny. If that was Jarvis's idea he had mm. before he met, he was trying to make a film about people that live at Park Hill in right. Sheffield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, they just follow follows their lives and then some of them go to the pulp concert. Mm. So mm. we were had we had really similar, similar visions, idea, yeah, ideas. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. you put two different ways of doing it yeah. together. Yeah. yeah. So, but what I was going to say is like, so you, you obviously like anyone, you immerse yourself in a few classic music docos when you're making that, and a few different yeah, things. That's right. But what 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 have been some of the sort of like formative documentaries for you to take on board? Yeah, just Herzog's. Yeah. 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 Um, Actually, his, some of his drama films yeah. were really inspiring for me. The one, yeah, about, he really blurs the line, doesn't he? Like the some of his fictional films are really the docos and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. There was there was a film, oh, about oh, what's it called? I think about Gunter who was locked in his house for most of his life, mm. and then he finally got went free. Mm. But the the landscape was a big character in the film, and that really inspired me. Like mm. seeing that, and mm. the, the landscape's always been 
characters in my film since that. Yeah, yeah. And then the Kuwait documentary, I think it's called Lessons of Darkness. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, that that was very inspiring. I mean, I mean, this is very very mainstream late period Herzog, but I love Grizzly Man. I just oh, that had such an impact on me, oh. like. Timothy, and, and t- yeah, t- what a character, and also, the, I mean, again, the landscape is so yeah. beautiful yeah, and was, crucial yeah, in that. that I is, love that film too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the animals are characters, but the 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 scenes like you the must landscape. never listen to this tape. You must never. <laughs> it would be like the little elephant in the corner of the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And even I mean, I think it was followed followed Grizzly Man, but the Forgotten Caves one, which a lot of people oh, yeah, mock, I like yet. that too. Cool. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's an extraordinary filmmaker with. Yeah, just totally. too much stuff to even be on top of, right? Yeah. But are there other other doco makers that you aspire to or have taken things from, or? It's mostly Werner Herzog. Yeah. Yeah, other filmmakers I've been really inspired from, but not so much the doco ones, to be mm. honest. Mm. Um, I've kind of I happen to like come up with my own kind of groove. I think just. Yeah, from Kaikoi, from not thinking yeah. about it. Yeah, and that, that's the real starting point in your career in terms of people knowing you as a you know. Yeah. There's other things, but yeah. that's really the flag in the sand, I think, isn't it? And in life, I've had things like once in Amsterdam in a bar, there was a musician playing by himself, an older musician, and nobody was listening, and they're talking really loud, and then he. Um, complained to the staff and he said could you turn me up and they said no and turned me up and then he just lost it and started abusing and yelling at everyone and the customers and and then i was like oh my god this is a this is a performance this Mm. is set up Mm. and then the girl sitting next to me i was like is this real like i don't know i was like is this real or is this set up and i just couldn't work it out Mm -mm. and then i realized i loved this Mm. I loved this so, so much. I had no idea if this was an act or if it was real. Mm. And then I invited the guy to my film. I had an outdoor film screening a few days later. I, and he came. And then I did a bit more research and I learned, yeah, it, was re- it wasn't act. It wasn't an act. Right. He lost, he lost yeah, his right. wow. temper and stuff. But either answer would have been good, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that as a filmmaker, that for my films inspired me like not yeah. knowing what's free or what's not and blurring yeah. the lines yeah, and, yeah 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 i was talking about that with someone recently about the um the bob dylan documentary that was on netflix that um about the rolling thunder review that martin scorsese made and they they purposely put in like fake stuff it's yeah. loads of real footage but then they concocted like this phony storyline that plays along with it as well so yeah. people are interviewed about things and they weren't actually there yeah and they don't explain it. Now, yeah. I, I knew that because I'd read too many books about it already, yeah. but I would have been really happy to not know that and to be, you know, and sometimes you are pranked by a film yeah. somewhat, and yeah. it's a great, you know, it's like, I don't want to know everything. I know, yeah, I mean, I know right. I don't, yeah, but totally. sometimes you do go in with too much information yeah. and actually yeah. wish you were, like, pranked yeah. by it. Yeah. Yeah. And in Kaiko Demolition, mm. there's that, that goes on. Yeah. If I tell people, oh, the drivers don't actually go to the hot springs after the doobies, they go to the pub, mm. people are heartbroken. They don't want to know mm. that. So mm. don't, you don't tell people that. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you like, let them let like them the film. And let them have the film that they saw, not yeah. the one that you made. Like, sometimes there's a happy... <laughs> yeah. Sometimes there's a... And I think, you know... Yeah, sometimes there's a there's the happy place that the film that you made is the one that people saw. But it's yeah. they can be separate things. And they kind of should be, in a way. But has this 
relit the documentary fire for you? Is that what you're going to do next? Or no, you, I'm going to do my drama. You're going to I'm, do the drama? I'm, I'm secretly praying the film's going to be a big... You're going to fund it. It's going to go <laughs> off. No, no, not fund it. No, well, not, no, contribute towards... No, but that, that, that everyone will be so excited yes. and fund, fund the next That project. people will invest in yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the, yeah. That's that you become... Hope. Not that you're not viable, but that you become but, yeah. viable to do that. Yeah, because when you you know, when you're... What's that song? People are strange. It's like when you're when you're mm. when you're hot, everyone wants you, blah blah. Yeah, and when yeah. you're not, nobody gives a shit. Yeah. And that's so true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, hey, Simon, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Personal question: Do you have a car? Uh, I do, but no. I don't know if I've got it here today. Nah, do you need a ride? No, because I've got to meet someone at yeah. quarter past two on yeah. Cuba Street. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we can get you there. Other, or is, or a, just because um, just. Because I don't want to be late. Because it's <laughs> so I'm just gonna ask when do you think I should knock off. Because if we I can, walk, we it'll can, take ten minutes. We can knock off now, but I'm just enjoying the fact. Me that too. This, the, I, I well, was, I'm enjoying the yeah, conversation. I could go for another hour. Yeah, yeah, I'm enjoying the conversation, but I'm also enjoying the fact that now we're in like a scene in one of your movies. This is like a yeah, dialogue right. that. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a dialogue that you might film. You know, that whole breaking down of. Do you of, have kangaroo shoes? That's what I really want to know. Right. No, I don't. For bouncing. No, 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 no okay. I don't. Um, but we can get you to Cuba Street. That's not a problem. So we can sign yeah. off. But it's been great to have this chat. And it's been amazing. I love, yeah. I love, well, I love most of your work because I've seen most of it. But yeah. I love the new film and yeah. I wish every success. I love your style, your vibe. Oh, and thanks. Yeah. And when I, yeah, I just read your latest stuff you wrote. Oh, cool. And it was really, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers. Why don't you shut the door? And close the curtains Cause you're not going anywhere He's coming up the stairs And in a moment He'll want to see you underwear I couldn't stop it now There's no way to get out He's standing far too near How the hell did you get me? Just you stood there